0: Hi there, you're listening to Alumni Unplugged, a podcast series featuring alumni of IIM Kashipur as they share their stories and experiences for you to learn from. Hi there, I am Aishi Biswas, first-year student of MBA Analytics from Alumni Relations Committee belonging to the batch of 2022-24.
1: Hi there, I am Preet Tejwani. I am also a first-year student of MBA Core from Alumni Relations Committee belonging to the batch of 20 to 24.
2: Hi, Aishi. Hi, Preeks.
0: Hi. We are glad to have Skant Kumar Gupta from the batch of 2014 to 16 for our podcast series. At the outset, thank you very much, Skant, for taking the time out and being with us. Uh, we welcome you here today on our podcast series, Alumni Unplugged. So, Skant, how are you?
2: Hey Aishi, I'm good and thank you for having me here. I think it's a a uh, moment of great delight for me because MBA for me was learning by experience, right? So by this experience, I can basically help some of the current students to learn something or get a perspective. I think I'll be very fortunate to be in that position. So extremely happy to be here with both of you guys thank and you. with the rest of the batch.
0: Very true. Well, thank thank you so much. We can start with the question.
1: Okay, so Skandia, uh, moving towards the first question. As you have been into the domain of HR for six to seven years, what do you feel? How bright is the future for an HR professional? And what suggestions will you give to a student who is willing to build a career in HR and what roadmap would you suggest to them?
2: I think uh, I would like to quote my CHRO there since uh, uh, this question is actually about the value of the function or the meaning of the function. So in my CHRO, Ayesh Khan Sarangi's words, HR is the most dynamic function for someone to be in right now because the kind of flux that we are experiencing and uh, uh, the kind of opportunity an HR professional have by interacting with multiple functions, with business leaders, right? And the kind of value the person can create, the kind of culture that person can drive in the organization by uh, share a change of policy, right? Or uh, uh, the kind of advice that the person is able to give the to the leadership the kind of value the person is able to bring to the table is immense so i think uh, it's right now and i think it's going to be for a, a good number of years as well to be the most dynamic function one one can be in so i think it's that and uh coming to the uh tips i think uh, to each uh, his own or her own, right? Because what works for me might not work for everyone else, right? And what excites you might uh, be different, but I think you should be open to learning, right? Because uh, I think whatever experience you have, heard... so Batch will basically have two types of people, people with prior work experience and people who have would have been fresher, right? So I think uh, having more interaction with uh, uh, people who are there in HR and getting to know what they do, right? Uh, and what the function is all about. Because being in an organization, let's say even if you are having certain work experience also, you would have only experienced a slice of what HR does, basically, when they would have re- uh, interacted with you for recruitment, when you would have asked them a query, basically, on a policy, right? But many of the times, you would not uh, get to know what is it that they are doing on a annual basis, right? What kind of uh, work is happening in talent management, how they decide the comp and ben philosophy for the organization, not the salary for an individual. What is the compensation and benefit for policy and philosophy of, of the organization, right. So there are many things and then the business partnering as well, what kind of uh, decisions we need to take and then there are certain uh, transaction as well, uh, which is there in the uh, jobs as well, but I think only when you get to speak to more people or only when you basically go through an internship where you'll basically uh, work with a manager or a mentor, then you'll basically get to explore the function more. So, be willing to explore what it has to offer and uh, you would have only seen a slice of it so far, but uh, the world of HR is much beyond and bigger. So... Yeah, thanks, Skant. So as you said, like
1: uh, we have to uh, see the dynamics and be on our toes every time, right? Okay, thank you, Skant. Uh, moving on towards our next question. Uh,
0: so Skant, now that we hear a lot about Metaverse, uh, how do you think it will impact organizations and the way people work? Uh, like, uh, have companies started the transition towards it?
2: Yes, there are a few companies which have started transition towards this and it's going to be very interesting, right? I mean, let's say, and now that uh, we are in a a model of remote working as well, many organizations are going to continue with their remote working may not be for the entire five day or six day, but maybe for two days a week, right? So let's say uh, uh, there are a few companies in Chennai which are basically uh, taking up certain projects in Metaverse I mean, just to give you a few uh, small example, let's say the coffee conversation which you have with people right after one class or two class, you'll go for a coffee break or maybe for a snack break outside or a smoke break outside with the friends, you know, right? Those kind of conversations happen in corporate as well, right? People after lunch or after tea, they'll basically get to meet, but that not being there. Right. Uh, Not being there as in the people not being there in the physical premise in office, those things are not happening. Right. So in Metaverse, it's very much possible to create that. Right. So there are organizations which have taken small steps and then people are finding the use case. It's at a very nascent stage. But I think uh, as in when people start finding the use cases for Metaverse and uh, uh, I think for me, it's going to be a great experience uh, and engagement model for the employees, how to uh, create new experiences for the employees. And then again, when people are joining, let's say remotely, and then uh, using Metaverse, you can give them a great joining experience, right? So there are some companies which have taken uh, baby steps, right? But um, I think still a long way to go. And uh, as the technology and as the use cases evolve, I think then there'll be more companies who would adopt uh, um or who would get into the groove of Metaverse.
0: Yeah, true that, because that would be a very new and uh, like exciting experience too, I think. Uh, so uh, we we'll, can move to the next question.
1: Okay, Yaskan, uh, so uh, we have seen about the Metaverse. Now coming towards, like there has been an uptick in the situations of Moonlighting, right? So what, according to you, could be the reason why people moonlight, and what could be uh, what could be the solution to this?
2: So, uh, I think before uh, we get into what moonlighting is, what's uh, what is the solution to moonlighting? I think I would like uh, everyone to know about what moonlighting is actually. Right. So, if you go into the uh, uh, semantics of the word or etymology of the word, moonlighting is basically someone having a second job see in secret and especially after working hours right that's why it's called moonlighting and uh, uh, there are organizations which uh, 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 supports this uh, and then there was a lot of debacle and uh, fiasco on the word moonlighting some people called it uh unacceptable and then uh, uh there was a huge industry debate right and then there were some some people who say you know it is an opportunity for us to learning uh, uh to basically get into a second profession or get to uh some skill which we are not able to uh have it during our office hours or basically because of the role profile right i mean to give you a simple example let's say if there is someone um Uh, who's interested in marketing, right? But someone is basically a B.Tech graduate, right? So so that person does not know how to do marketing. So using, there are many uh, gig websites and small uh, live projects available, which person can do outside working hours, right? But then if the person is basically uh, doing it to make money, right? Without informing the organization, then it basically becomes a a little bit of question mark. So I think uh, the... uh, there's no organization which, which would tell an individual that, uh, that that organization doesn't want any individual or any employee to have basically any other learning apart from the role that person is because uh, uh, let's say 90 people will join as a developer, right? Debugger, then basically move to a team leader position and then to the uh, let's say account manager and then slowly they'll basically g- grow in the organization, right? So it's not the skill you will basically not end up your career with the skill which you have started, right? So definitely organization wants you to uh, learn new things and uh, 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 get be well-rounded as a professional, right? But then the uh, problem I think uh, which many organizations have is with respect to the transparency that the uh, individual does not demonstrate, right? If I basically after office hours, I do something which is... Uh, let's say, not in sync with the organization policy, right? I, the organization might have, let's say, certain confidentiality clauses with the uh, customers, right? Or maybe the industry in which they operate, they might be working on a new product or it might be R&D, right? And if the person is doing with a doing a moonlighting with a competitor, it is not okay for any organization, right? So I think that is where uh, many organizations are not okay with it. And uh, now coming to why it is happening, I think because of the flexibility which people have, uh Right uh because of this remote working and uh, uh, the less time to commute basically people are able to find some time to do find the additional time to basically do something explore their interests and now eventually what has happened many people have turned to the path of moonlighting uh, as it uh, got emerged in the uh, news and uh, media but I think from a skill building, I think if there are people who want to take up some certain skill and uh, uh, get skilled, I think as long as people are declaring to the organization and uh, uh, getting or uh, keeping organization and their manager in confidence, saying this is some new skill, I want to take it up and at my uh, personal space, right? So I think people should be okay with it as long as it is not in the conflict with the, any policy of the organization. So hope I have answered the question
1: Yes, Kandi, you have uh, rightly answered, but I have a doubt, like if upskilling is a part, like as you say, on an individual level, if a person wants to upskill himself is right. Okay. But uh, sometimes like people want to do it uh, because to make their ends meet. So like, is this a feasible thing or is it against the ethics?
2: Uh, See, I mean, if you, it's basically what the organization context and policy is, Right there's nothing wrong and ethics also at one point of time are uh, basically a mirror of what society believes in, right? Some time back, there were, I mean, oh, 100 years back, there were some things which were considered unethical, right? In today's world and uh, scenario, those things are considered ethical, right? And certain practices which are unethical within a certain community might be ethical within a different community in the same time as well, right? So, i mean it's all about organization policy and practice and if your organization if you basically decide to join an organization where you know that uh, outside workers so uh, see i think for me if you're basically doing it and slogging it to basically make money and this is my individual opinion basically you need some downtime for yourself right i mean let's say if uh, uh, you are i mean if you have to give the example of people who are studying in iim kashipur right i mean the course is so rigorous that you are hardly finding time for yourself guys right and if you had to take up a job let's say in kashipur market doing something for a 2 hours right i mean it, i think it is definitely going to ba- uh disbalance your uh academics right but there are some people for whom it might work as well right there are some people who might see an opportunity and basically say, see some demand in kashipur market take it up and then sometime those people want to talk to a professor saying he boss i uh professor i have decided spotted this opportunity and i think this will be a good market and it'll be a good little experiment to do within kashipur as well professor is okay go ahead and very well do it professor is not okay then uh, things might be a little difficult for you if you want to pursue it then people might perceive it a little differently right so it's that i think uh, so it's basically the organization context and policy and i think uh, if you if i have to basically compare and contrast with what's happening in european uh, uh, market right uh, what is happening is people are basically from a five day people are uh, looking towards moving a four day work week right, right? And uh, if people are, and people basically want more downtime, right? So that is there. So when people are talking about being more efficient versus here, uh, uh, people who want to basically make some additional quick bucks and uh, without having a downtime, I think it's basically a little difficult for the individual, but there are some people, some organization which allow you. So I think it's your individual call and basically in which context you're operating. If the organization says no, then it is no, Right uh people who are working in factories um the factories act basically does not uh, let you have a second employment but people who are working in a non factory environment like I- it office and shops and establishment there there is no uh, law as such right so there is there is a bit of uh, uh, let's say no guidance in terms of whether people can have a second job or not but I think to each their own, if people, uh, if the organization is flexible, people want to do it for a skill building, right? As long as the intent is right, I think, uh, and the person is doing with the right intent, keeping everyone informed that this is the intent and this is what I want to do. I think there's no stopping or there's no roadblock for any individual.
1: Thank you so much, Kanth, for your insightful views. Okay, moving towards our next question.
0: So, uh, like with big giants uh, laying off employees in masses, do you feel a lack of professionalism and need for standardization on part of the HR department?
2: So, I think uh, uh, what HR brings to the table is empathy, right? The uh, policies and consistency of policies, right? So, I think uh, uh, during COVID also, there were people who were talking about layoffs, right? But that didn't happen as much as uh, we see it happening r- right now there are two tech uh social media big giants which have basically done layoff right so if you look at um so i'll not take the names here obviously but i think you guys are well read and if even if you, even if you have not found time to basically look for which are which were those tech giants maybe you can look up through the social media and find out which are the two tech giants which have done uh, massive layoffs right So, if you compare one, right, what they have done, they have given good, uh, they have basically spoken to the employees, right, explain them what is the cause, why they are basically uh, doing it, right, and uh, given good, let's say, separation or uh, 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 layoff kind of benefits, right, where uh, I think the employees got more than the uh, notice period which was there, right? In US basically doesn't follow notice period. I mean, in India, you might have a notice period of one month, two month or three months. US doesn't follow a notice period, right? And then there's no uh, notice pay also, right? Employer, employers can hire and fire at any point of time, right? So, uh, I mean, to dramatize it, it might happen, your boss will say tomorrow once you need not come to office and you would have seen in many US TV dramas as well, right? people will basically pack their stuff in a box and then they'll just move out of office. So that's how uh, the employment uh, ends in US, right? So there's no, uh, uh, for most of the position, of course, it is there for senior level position, but for most of the position, there's no uh, severance pay, right? And then uh, uh, there's no notice period as well. But I think this tech giant, which has done layoff, they have done with lot of empathy, right? They have given up to 16 weeks of uh, uh, severance pay plus... uh, uh, two additional weeks of severance pay for every year. Which means if I have had two years in the organization, I get sixteen weeks plus two plus two, four weeks of severance pay, right? So they have done it with empathy, right? While the other tech giants, people were basically informed over email saying hey, you guys are no longer required from the jobs, right? And uh, the systems were logged, and it the mail was sent. If your system is logged, you guys, you guys are, uh, you guys have been laid off. If your system is working, which means continue to work, right? So I think what uh is starkly different the approach the way it has been handled right and i think if uh, uh if leaders basically uh if there's a good culture in the organization right which is uh mostly a uh, uh, mostly a joint effort by the leadership and the hr team right i wouldn't say it is only hr which basically creates the culture of the organization there are uh, uh, several organization that I know where HR is trying to do uh, uh, their bit, right? But they might not be getting that support from leadership, right? So it's a joint effort by the leadership and the HR lead, uh, business leadership and the HR leadership, uh, the culture creation, value creation, policy creation, right? Because as an HR uh, professional, you might be saying, ki, this is the policy which is required from the organization, but your business leader might say, ki, nahi, this, is the, this is what I feel is not needed. Instead of X, maybe you should give Y. And sometimes what might happen instead of X, business leader will say, you are proposing X, I want to give X square, right? So uh, so the, it's a basically joint effort of the leadership, HR and business leadership, right? And in layoff, I think, uh, see, no company wants to do it unless it is the ultimate step, right? Because if only they'll do it, only if they have exhausted all the options and there's nothing else for them to do, Right. In most of the uh, layoffs, right? I'm not talking about downsizing. I'm talking about layoffs, right? So unless it is the last option left, uh, then only basically organization go for it. And what basically differentiates is how basically you are, how empathetic you are, right? How sensitive you are with the people, right unless you are doing it in a very insensitive way people are supposed to lash out right and that happens but if hr uh, and uh, business leadership have basically created a sense a culture where and uh, culture of empathy culture of sensitivity i think uh, uh, people wouldn't people would understand right i mean uh, all all people understand the business scenario right and uh, they would understand and they would uh, They might not be okay with it, but they would understand the bigger reason why that is happening and why their jobs are being affected. So that is my take on this. And uh, um, I think, uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, if you have to talk from an employee point of view or let's say employer point of view, what happens as an employee also, there are many companies which we would have joined, right? And that company is not our last company, right? Might be first company, might not be the last company. We have a three months of notice period we can give to the organization, right? Likewise, the organization also has a three months of notice period. Organization can also give us and then that's a uh, fair fairness in the contract, right? But do, uh, the organization do not want to do it all the time at, and they do not want to do it because there's a, a branding of the organization as well, right? No, one would, no, no good talent would want to join an organization when there's a lot of instability right they might be good paymaster but if the culture is such that they would not know whether whether tomorrow their jobs are going to be there or not people would not like to join such organization right and that is something which uh hr basically can create by policies culture value system right there, there has to be a set of consistency what is happening for one individual should be happening for the other individual as well right so i think that is something hr can bring to the table Okay, that was a great answer, Skand. Uh, On a
1: personal note, I had one question. Like, is the three-month notice period, uh, like, feasible for any Indian organization? If you'll see, most of the organizations have
2: two to three months of notice period,
1: right? Three months, I basically
2: just gave as an example. So, it depends on the role as well. So, sometimes the CEO of the organization will have a one-year notice period, right? The CEO decide, wants to quit the organization. They cannot quit in a three-month period because there's a larger set of... uh, uh, responsibilities which are uh, resting on them, right? So as you grow in the organization, the notice period also grows, right? So initially uh, it might be one month and uh, two months, right? And three months uh, and then at a leadership level, it's not a three months uh, uh, separation. It's a longer uh, uh, attachment which basically needs more time and more uh, handover.
1: Thank you so much, Skand. So that was a really good answer, Skand. Uh So with this, we have completed our question and answer session. So it was such an amazing session and we got to learn a lot from you and we got to know many such things regarding HR and business leadership. Thank you so much for taking your time out and making this interaction so informative. And we hope that the students as well as our alumni would love it too and learn a great deal. We hope to see you soon on campus. And thank you once again, Skant.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure, uh, Preet and Aishi. And uh, when you basically reached out to me and uh, I, in fact, I was very delighted that uh, you guys thought that people would basically get to learn from uh, something I have experienced over a period of six to seven years and a moment of pride as well. I think, uh, um, I think the first experience for me uh, was, uh, I think, in uh, one of my uh, marketing professor's class where uh, uh, she reached out for to a, a senior of ours, right, just an immediate batch. And what she replied, anything for Alma matter So I think that is something which uh, registered with me, anything for Alma matter So anytime I am Kashipur calls for anything, I think I'll be more than happy to interact, contribute in whatever capacity I can. So it was an absolute delight interacting with both of you as well, Aishi and Preet. So thank you very much for having me here.
0: Thank you. Have a good one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Scott.